What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? Welcome in. What's the spread? Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are just a little over one week away from one of the best days of the year. Right around the conference championship Saturday. Um, but before we get there, we have another slate of games this weekend. Yes, the and this is probably what I call the brutal slate of games. Man, I was uh, expecting a little bit more anticipation, but you know, with the rescheduling and the shuffling of schedules due to uh, right. the COVID deladeness, yeah, um, we weren't given those games that we were really going to look forward to. But we found some, and we have some things to talk about. Yeah, so many rescheduling, so much canceling. Uh, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, not happening. Yeah, which, you know, just breaks my heart. I don't care that we were favored by thirty points. Which, when you think about that, I mean, that's that's unbelievable. Um, but you know, it, there's still so much tradition seeped into that game. Yeah. You know, it's no different than the, you know whether you know Bama and Auburn didn't get to play. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter that Bama was favored by so much. There's just so much tradition. Uh, before we get into our top ten this week, and I know there probably wasn't a lot of movement um, on on either side. I know there wasn't a lot for me. Uh, I wanted to talk about Coastal Carolina and BYU. Okay, great game. Great game. One of the best college football games of the year. Uh, I would say probably a top 10 college football game from the last two or three years just because it was so much fun. Yes, and it was so unexpected. We never knew that game was going to Very unexpected. Hats off to these schools for making it happen, for doing the short preparation. Yes. Uh, Hats off to BYU for filling in for what was supposed to be Liberty, making the trip. That was a long trip for BYU. They did a lot. Yeah, no joke. Um, Coastal Carolina wins the game. Yes. So can we just stop? With the BYU talk. Can we stop with the group of five talk? BYU was being talked about. Yes, as a potential For a college playoff. football playoff contender. And at no point in this season was I ever on that train. No matter how dominant they were. No matter how many points they won by. No matter how good Zach Wilson looked. I was never on that train. So can we just stop talking about it now? <laughs> But you know what the problem is? Is that now everyone wants to talk about Coastal Carolina. But they're not talking about oh, a playoff Coastal, spot now. Coastal Carolina. Undefeated story. And it is a great story. But the best story in college football this year, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm tired about being quiet about it, Indiana football, in my opinion, is the best college football story this year. It's not Coastal. It's not what, what would have been BYU. It's not Marshall. We've seen Marshall. We saw Marshall just get destroyed. They so. were horrible. Jesus Christ. Um, so that's gone. Uh, which, what happened in that game? Um, <sighs> it's Indiana. Growing up, Indiana was the laughing stock of the Big Ten year in and year out. They could never compete, ever. And you jump to 2012, 2013 when they realigned the divisions. Yep. And they put Indiana in the same division as Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State, where. In my lifetime, I never would have thought I would have seen Indiana. A competitive Indiana. A competitive Indiana rolling into possibly a one-loss season yes. when all is said and done. And last week on the podcast, you and I said, don't sleep on Indiana. Yeah, we did. Penix may be down, but don't sleep on this team. Don't sleep on this defense. And what do they do? Completely shut down Wisconsin. Oh, my God. They were 13 and a half point underdogs. They win the game 14 to 6. This is a good Indiana team. What Tom Allen has done at this school is more impressive than any other program in the country right now uh, based on the just the, the pure story. I'm not taking anything away from Coastal. No, absolutely not. It, it, Tadwell great, has that team again, 
Yes. Firing at all cylinders. Great college football story. But to talk about a school like Indiana in a COVID year, not only being competitive, but losing to Ohio State by just seven points, I can see why they're upset. Ohio State was uh, let into the Big Ten Championship game, and the Big Ten changed that rule for them. Yes. What do we think about that? Okay, so I've actually been talking to a fellow uh, college football fan about this because I wanted to get a take from a passionate college football fan who is not a Big Ten guy. And I was like, I think Indiana deserves a lot more recognition than even I've been giving them. What are your thoughts? And uh, he said, I said, this is a a once-in-a-generation season they're having. He said, this is a a once-in-a-three-generation season they're having. He's much older than me. And he put this in perspective where... I think that I agree with him. And this might hurt you. Lay it on me. I think that I understand why the Big Ten changed it. I changed the rules because it's COVID. You have to be flexible. But at the expense of what? In Indiana, which kind of sucks because of the remarkable story they're they're having. And they deserve a shot for the championship. You know, by the rules, they deserve it. They they deserve to get in. By the rules that were set by the conference yes. in the beginning of the year. Yes. Yes. You yes. know, they 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 earned that spot by the rules because Ohio State couldn't play enough. Games. Yes. And they didn't earn it on the field playing against you guys, which right. also makes me be like, whatever, you didn't beat them because you know how I care about the head-to-head matchup. For me, it just kind of sucks that... It was done. It's a a money talks kind of thing. 100%. And the Big Ten cannot afford to not have Ohio State in the playoffs. No. They can't afford it. They cannot. Uh, And more importantly, I think they can't afford that opportunity in a COVID year. You're talking about, not to mention all the lost revenue that's already been had. Ohio State, Michigan, not happening. Yes. Lost revenue. Yes. I mean, just, just, uh, that's Fox's biggest, like, most watched game of the year every single year. Yep. Uh, And now you take that away. Ohio State drives the conference. Yes. I mean, there's there's just no doubt about that. And, and and Ohio State to this point is so far and above the rest of the Big Ten Conference. They are their own brand. They are Ohio State football. Yeah. The thing about Alabama is they are, you know, a brand like Ohio State, but the SEC is so Some, strong yeah. and, and it's such a strong brand together. Big Ten doesn't have that. Yeah. So Ohio State has been able to transcend that. Yep. Whereas because the SEC is so competitive. I feel like Bama hasn't been able to to transcend it like Ohio State has. So, um, someone asked me, before the rules came down, do you think they will change the rules for Ohio State? I said 100%. I said because Ohio State will either do what Ohio State wants to do and schedule a non-conference game. If you won't change the rules, we will schedule a non-conference game even though you said we're not allowed to. Or Ohio State can... Ohio State drives the conference so much that if they threaten to leave at any point in their existence, the Big Ten will crumble. Those are the two reasons I gave. Yeah. And, and you know, and and it was about money. And 100%. it was about status. And it was about brand. Yeah, 100%. And, 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 and it's, I guess what I'm saying is as an Ohio State fan, I'm okay with all of that. I am. Why because, would you because not at, be? at this point, and, and especially with how the Big Ten completely almost robbed us of a chance to play for a national title. Yeah. And once they actually did get on the football field, we were still in jeopardy every single week. They fixed that mistake. Yeah. We proved it on the field against Indiana. They had their shot. It was a home game for us. It wasn't a neutral field. Um, They had their shot to beat us there. uh, And they didn't. We could have lost to Michigan this weekend, and we still would have won the division. Yeah. Uh, We still would have had the tiebreaker. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the rankings. Okay. 
Uh, go ahead and start. Give me your 10 through 6, and then we'll get into the top 5. Not much movement here for me, but you'll see some new cats coming in. Number 10, Georgia. Number 9, Miami. Number 8, Cincinnati. Number 7, Indiana. Number 6, Florida Gators. Okay, I like it. Uh, Did you have Indiana lowered last week? I think I had Indiana like 10. Yeah, so I moved Indy up after that. I like it. That dominating win, and it was. And now Indiana Resume just keeps looking better and better, building, and they're playing yeah. better and better. Where on the other hand, I have, I took out Iowa State. I cannot justify having Iowa State in there when you have teams that Iowa State has played and beat that Iowa State lost to that are ranked lower than them. Had to take them out. Miami moved down, and it's no fault of their own. They're going to move up if they beat UNC and Cincy's idol, yeah. you know, but. I think my biggest, most important factor was getting Indiana where they deserve to be ranked. Indiana, again, best story in college football. They stepped up in a season where other Big Ten programs were not up to the task. Penn State was not up to the task. Michigan was not up to the task. Wisconsin was now not up to the task. But Indiana stepped up and proved that this year they were the second best team in the Big Ten. Not program. They were the second best team in the Big Ten this year. And for me... I hope it's not a Minnesota situation where it looks like it may have just been a one year. Um, we'll see. Yeah. It's a very competitive division. But the fact that the college football playoff committee is not recognizing what Indiana has done this season just grinds my gears to a point where I just cannot even believe that they have them one spot above Coastal Carolina, uh, behind Oklahoma, behind Georgia. Behind Iowa State, it's a one-loss Big Ten team. Their only loss was by seven points to Ohio State, and you're putting them outside the top ten this late in the season? What are they watching that I'm not watching? The most egregious thing to me about this is not really, um, you know, Cincinnati being up there. I understand that. Iowa State's too high. Oklahoma should be behind Indiana. I mean... I don't understand what we're rooting, te- we're ranking teams for. Yeah, it's it's been inconsistent, uh, and you know you could say that about our rankings is that we we change them from week to week. Yes, but but the committee is just, I'm just not seeing it. So let's continue the conversation. I'm going to do my ten through six. I've got Georgia at ten. Uh, okay, you know justified that last week. Uh, their only two losses are against Alabama and Florida, who I think are both top five teams, and they're winning the rest of their games. Yes, and we'll talk about Georgia today. Number nine, I have Iowa State. I had Iowa State 10 last week, and I decided to put them over Georgia this week because I'm giving them credit for their 8-1 and conference record and leading the Big 12. Number eight, Miami. We've had Miami in our top 10 all year. It yep. hasn't changed. Yep. Uh, I think they're a top 10 team. Number seven, Texas A&M. Number six, Indiana. That has not changed for me. Yeah. I have had Indiana at six and Texas A&M at seven, and... Can you say that on the field right now, Indiana doesn't look as good as AM? No. I, I mean, uh, like, just, just by looking at the results of the games. Yeah, and for me, I couldn't penalize Texas AM for winning. Um, yeah, no. I, either way, that's so that's fair. why they had to stay on my yeah, ranking. And that's fair for your rankings, because yep. you've, you've been consistent with AM yep. all year, and they're, they, they keep winning. Yep. Um, but for me, I just, the disrespect Indiana is getting is just, it's got to stop. All right, go ahead and uh, spin me your top five. Five. We have Texas A&M. Four. My rankings are exact same. Clemson. Three. Ohio State. Two. Notre Dame. 
Number one, Alabama. I would have moved Clemson above Ohio State had Ohio State not completely dominated, demoralized yeah. Michigan State. Because Clemson, they handled their business. Yep, they did. So they both handled their business. They both stayed the exact same rankings. Yeah. I think at, at full strength, uh, and I've been saying this on Twitter all year, and I, I'm still singing the same tune, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, at full strength, you know, in that moment, they they are the three best teams. Yes. Um, they need to be in the playoff. Uh, whether or not Ohio State is going to be able to compete at a high level in the playoff is something that we're going to have to see. But Ohio State, at the high level that they're playing at, has got to be in the playoff. All right, my top five hasn't changed. I got Florida at five, Notre Dame at four, Ohio State three, Clemson two, Alabama one. I think, by far, Alabama and Clemson are the best teams in the country. Clemson is scary. With Trevor Lawrence. Yes, they are. And they're a, Oh, my God. They're and, and we talked about that last week. Yeah. Is that they are a different team with Trevor Lawrence. Um, it just is what it is. And I think that at full strength, Alabama and Clemson, they are the best teams in the country. It's going to be difficult for anybody else to compete with them in the playoff. I think Ohio State has the best chance to compete with an Alabama or a Clemson in the playoff. And we're not even going to acknowledge Notre Dame. Because I think Clemson beats them by 20 in the ACC title game. Just we can little, talk about it next week. Yeah, it's going to be exactly what happens every time we give Notre Dame that, that spotlight. Exactly. And if you start matching up Notre Dame with Alabama in the first round, that game's over before they even take the field. Yes. You might as well not even play that game. So that's it. Um, and yeah, I think that, that the question is very valid on whether or not Ohio State's going to be able to compete. I mean, think about it, Brad. With only six games played, and with Alabama and Clemson both have, having played 11, uh, and... Notre Dame. Uh, I mean, that's five less games than the other teams in the playoffs. Yeah. They're really going to have to prove themselves. And I can't wait to talk about it because I'm going to have a lot to say, but they're really going to have to prove uh, that they are in that spot. All right. Anything else we want to talk yes, about? Yes. Let me Rangers? ask you a question. Yeah. This is going to be a little fun segment we're going to do. Oh, sure. Let's do it. It's bound to happen. Yeah. One of the playoff teams, okay. excluding Clemson, is going to get a quarterback with COVID. It's 20 and 20. <laughs> okay. What happens then? Do, does the committee pause the playoffs and delay them? Because they've already been trying to delay them as much as possible. Right. Or do they say, we are going as scheduled? I think there's so much behind uh, these games and when they're going to be played and the schedule. I don't think that they're backing down from it. I think it would have to take a severe COVID outbreak yes. uh, on one of these teams to cancel or postpone one of the games. Yep. So I think that if that does happen... Um, you're you're gonna have to play through it. Yep, and it's gonna be unfortunate because it's probably gonna create a lot of situations where we're not gonna, you know, maybe we never know. Yeah, who the actual best team was. It it, it all just depends on who comes into full strength. Yeah, hopefully we at least get a national championship game where both teams are coming into full strength. Yes, hopefully the playoff. I hope all playoff four teams are. It's perfect. I hope it's perfect. Um, seems like y'all are catching COVID a lot up north. That's all I know. It's happening. I I, I mean I. Ohio State had Justin Fields and a scout team against Michigan State. Yeah. And we still beat them by 40 points. But listen, it's wild <laughs> because this is gonna this is gonna just be me, you know, us living here in Florida. Everywhere in the South, we already opened up borders oh, and everything. Yeah. And so everyone on, caught it. Come on down to Orlando. Florida <laughs> Florida Gators have they lived through COVID. They're done. It's true. And now, and that was early. Yeah. Right. And now the teams that are opening are, are opening up later are right. now experiencing it. It's exactly. wild how that's that works. That's why the Big Ten is having so many late season issues. Yeah. Uh, and that's why and we're not we playing. We talked about that before they even started. Yeah. Exactly. 
And we knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I, you know, am never going to forgive the Big Ten for how they handled this season, ever. Um, I will always be angry at the way it was handled. And now we're at a point where they at least fixed it for Ohio State, but sucks for the rest of the conference. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Indiana still got their shot on the field against Ohio State. Um, and Northwestern definitely earned their spot winning the West yeah. because they knocked out Iowa and Wisconsin. They did. Um, Northwestern beat Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And 17-7. Uh, so, yeah. So, so they are in that side. At least we earned our side on the field, but uh, Big Ten's got to reevaluate how they handle that situation. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting end to the year. What happens if Ohio State loses to, to Northwestern? I, if Ohio State loses to Northwestern, keep them out of the playoff for the next 10 years. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be a bloodbath. I think you're going to destroy no, them. There's no way in hell we're losing that game. I was, uh, and it's because of Justin Fields. I was watching ESPN, and I messaged you, don't turn on ESPN. The segment they had on ESPN today was, how likely is an undefeated Ohio State to be left out of the playoff? Yeah, 0%. It's too much money. So if they end up six and zero with the Big Ten championship, it's too much money. You can't leave them out. Yeah. Even if it's just you know, even if it's at four, and, and, and you match them with Bama. And there were analysts that were wholeheartedly saying an undefeated Ohio State does not deserve a top four spot. Yeah. I was like, doesn't well, surprise me. Okay. It was a segment that I just threw me aback. I was like, that's never the conversation. What about a seven and zero USC? That's going to be unfair, especially their resume is getting stronger and stronger. So how do you leave them out? You have to. We're going to talk about USC here, so let's go ahead and get into the games. Uh, I think we've uh, talked long enough about these rankings. Can't wait to talk about the championship games next weekend. Let's get into a couple of marquee matchups. Number 17, North Carolina. Number 10, Miami. A 3.30 kickoff. Oof. Who do we like? I'm taking the Tar Heels here. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. I'm not taking the Tar Heels. <laughs> You're not taking the Tar Heels. <laughs> I'm taking the Hurricanes. Okay. I'm taking the Hurricanes 10 days out of Sunday. Why? Dear King is having a legendary season. But you know what normally happens to guys who aren't going to compete for a, a championship? Kids to this time of the year where their guys don't play for him because they don't know if he's going to be back. He's a one-and-done guy. Yeah. He made a statement that says, I wouldn't mind coming back here for another year. And I think he, he would be smart to do that. He, his stats this year were incredible. No Trevor Lawrence for Clemson next year. I think that Miami could win the ACC. I mean, this man's thrown for 20 touchdowns, ran for four, rushed for 2,300 yards. They've only yeah. played eight or nine games. He's a special kind of player. Uh, we, we saw it really early on in yes. Houston. And for him to have the opportunity to come back next year and kind of finish this really good thing that he started at Miami, yeah. I think that's a great opportunity. I, I, hope I understand he does. that you got to go get your money when you get it. But what is he going to be? Sixth round? Yeah. Pick, seventh round pick? Not a, they'll take it a just, chance on him in the third. Right. It's, I, just, I just feel like when you have that kind of opportunity, um, especially in, in, in a COVID year, anyway. Miami is a top 10 team. Yes. I think they're going to play like a top 10 team this Saturday. Yes. I'm also on the Hurricanes here, minus three. Uh, you and I have had Miami in the top 10 all year. And I bet against North Carolina, so did you, when they played Notre Dame. Yes. And rightfully so. Yes. Um, the the defense isn't there for no, it's not. North Carolina. And I think that a minus three is way too small of a spread. Miami has had their close games this year. Yes. But this is about the matchup for me. Yes. I just feel like... Um, whether it's an offensive or defensive game, Miami's got the upper hand. We talked about the same thing with Notre Dame, how atrocious North Carolina is in the run D. Now you have Cameron Harris, you have Derek King, two versatile running yeah. style players with the running back and the quarterback. This is a UNC team with two losses on the season on the road against terrible teams. 
Now they're playing a top 10 team who's hungry to prove, who who wants to co- go out strong. Yeah, man, give me give me Miami and I'll take the three points. I, I'm comfortable with it. Miami wants that game against Florida in the New Year's Six. It's so bad. Uh, wherever it is. It'd probably be the Orange Bowl. But with, with Miami, hats off to Manny Diaz. How about another team that is not getting enough credit this year? No. The Miami Hurricanes putting together one hell of a season. Uh, but we see you. All right, what's next? Next up, we have number nine, Georgia Bulldogs. 13-point favorite. Traveling to take on Missouri. Number 25 Tigers at that. Yep, 12 o'clock yep. kickoff. Who you got for me? Okay. Uh, I'm taking Georgia. Minus 13. Uh, not so much for the reason that I'm taking Miami, uh, just because I have them in my top 10. Uh, Missouri gave up 556 yards of total offense last week <laughs> to Arkansas. Uh, that, that does not give me a lot of confidence in Missouri covering the spread here because here's what I'm going to say about Georgia. I think they are starting to actually form a team identity behind JT Daniels because I think JT Daniels has that kind of talent that Georgia hasn't had at the QB position in a long time. Yes. And I think that they're starting to find an identity, not to mention their ground game. They're a very balanced attack, but the Missouri defense. And Arkansas was playing without Felipe Franks, without their starting running back, without their starting tight end. Who are you taking? I'm taking Georgia, and you guys know me. I'm a stats and a... Trends guy, and I'm going against every stat and trend. I think this is a season where you're it's you're okay with going against it because Georgia's like one in five against the spread in their last six. They're terrible on the road against the spread, but this is a Missouri team, like you said, who's very bad against the run, and a Georgia team who's very good against the run. I mean, we know Missouri is going to rely on Roundtree 100, yep. percent but Georgia's going to be able to get shut stop. Down. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll get shut so down. So what is Missouri going to do? Right, we good old Connor's going to throw. I, I think he's thrown for like 600 yards in his past two games and maybe, what, one or two touchdowns, one touchdown, because the run game is so heavily resigned. Missouri has played teams that, you know, in this run of that they're having, they, they haven't been playing great opponents. So I'm okay with taking Georgia here. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to get out of JT Daniels, but it's more than just JT Daniels. All he has to do is be like Murray. You remember when sure. Aaron Murray was there? All he has to be is like Jake Fromm. But but he's proven that he can do more than that too. I mean, yeah. he did for 400 yards against yeah. Mississippi State. I don't think Fromm ever even threw no. 300. I mean, he probably did, but it just it just feels like if, they if, just never had a game like that. Yeah, and it's it, I saw that stat and I, and I was like, I disregard it because of Mississippi State. For me, it's hard to put anything in context with them because I have no idea what I'm getting beginning out. I get that. But I'm just saying he just has to be comparable. I know. And they'll cover the spread. But what I'm saying is I think that Daniels has the kind of talent at that position where he can actually throw the football yeah. a little bit. Uh, he's still learning the, the system. He's still learning things. But I think he's by far the uh, best quarterback they have on that team. Okay. Moving on. We got Wisconsin and number 16, Iowa. We're talking about Wisconsin again here. They're actually one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Kinnick Stadium. Iowa open as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The line is moving towards Wisconsin. For me, I'm betting against Wisconsin two weeks in a row here, and I'm going with Iowa. Who do you like? Miles, I had to ask you, the Big Ten guy. Am I seeing something? Am I missing something? Because I'm taking Iowa. I mean, Graham Mertz in his last two games has thrown four interceptions. They've scored 13 points in their last two games. For me, it's a little bit of an eye test right now. I was playing good football. Yeah, they I went was down really good. Yeah, football. they went down fourteen nothing last week to Illinois, and they came all the way back, scored thirty five unanswered. Um, Close win against Nebraska. Like, I mean, yeah. look at the games they've played. It's They're just, playing good football. They are. And for for Wisconsin, first of all, they've only played four games. They've looked horrible in their last two games, and they're coming in here as favorites. Um, I think. What betters are seeing is the trend. Wisconsin has won the last four meetings, and they've won seven in the last eight. But if there's ever 
a year to go against trends like that. Yes, it's, it's this year. COVID year. So give me Iowa, and it's more of a bet against Wisconsin the way they're playing. 100%. It's just like when the Cowboys start playing bad. We got to get off the Cowboy train right. and start betting against them. Sometimes you got to slap me on that one. Yeah. Because I, I still want to start betting on but, <laughs> but since I moved against the Cowboys, I started making some money yeah, on Yeah, you're Sunday. like, let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go and end with a game where I don't even think we've ever talked about. But growing up, it was always such a big uh, big matchup. Yeah. Uh, number 15 USC, UCLA, a 7.30 Saturday night football game here. Got to be the best um, that UCLA has played under Chip Kelly so far. It, oh, my God. They've been playing good regardless of who's in and who's out due to injury and COVID, mm-hmm. which is wild. Like, during, um, Thompson Robinson misses a game two weeks ago. And if, if Thompson Robinson was not out in that game against Oregon, I think UCLA wins the game. Yeah. So UCLA would be sitting with a 4-1 and record. 3-2 on the season, but I this yeah. is a good 3-2. and two. It is. Good 3-2 and two here. Um, how do USC. Feel, yeah, how do we feel about USC? Slavis is just a madman. He's, he's really good. He's a madman. He's really good. This um, is a good USC team. Yeah. I'm taking USC. Two points. I think that's a money line to me. I don't think this is a trap by any means. I think this is going to be a close, hard-fought battle. What USC is just going to prove, Slava is going to throw for three or four touchdowns. It's going to be a high, high-scoring game. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you have to back the better team. All over USC, and for me, it's it's backing just the better quarterback. Yeah, And uh, who was it? Amon Rossi Brown had four of the five touchdowns that he had last week. And he feels like, uh, he's another player who feels like he's been in college forever. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, Jeez. And for USC, uh, averaging 33.3 points per game. Uh, they had uh, a couple shaky wins to open the season. Um but they found ways to win. They're undefeated. They're playing really well. They got a really good quarterback. Yep. If USC sitting at 7-0 at the end of the year, how are they not in the discussion? How? It beca- it creates a very interesting situation. Would in that you know, USC might only have one win against a ranked team at that point yep. in the Pac-12 Championship game whoever they end up playing. Um but man, that's going to create a tough situation for the committee. Yeah, well, because USC looks good. Yes, I almost put USC in my top ten this week, Brad. I, I, I almost did too. I, I, and I almost like, did it. Give me one more game. One, one more, more game. game. If USC comes in here and dominates and blows out UCLA, there's no question. Then they're going to have to be in the top ten. And I'm, sorry, Georgia. Yeah. I'm going to take you out. Even yeah. if you dominate a ranked Missouri, right? So uh, that's going to create a really interesting conversation. But how about that, man? We I uh, think we we agree on all four games. Wow, I always feel good about that. I think those were good lines too. We got favorable lines. Really this week. good lines. Um, let's see if we get as favorable lines in the NFL. Uh, don't want to do an underdog this week. Uh, really just kind of want to kill the underdogs for the, for the rest, rest of the, of the season until we get past COVID. Yeah. Um, if I have one, I'll post one on Twitter for you. That's at Mr. Brad Thomas. Um, again, that's at Mr. Brad Thomas, but for the segment, no, I didn't find one that I liked yet. Oh, also, and, uh, Army Navy's this weekend. Yes. And it's the first time since World War II that they're playing it. At West Point. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's really uh, That's at 3 o'clock. So there, there's some hidden gems in there. Uh, still should be a fun Saturday. All right, before we get into the NFL slate, uh, let's go ahead and break for our sponsors. Hey, Miles. You know what be pretty cool? If there's a social media app just for sports. You know, Brad, I was just thinking that. Like a social media app where there's a feed, where you can post about your picks, see what others are saying about the game. And you know how I love to see how the lines move throughout the week. Well, you're in luck. Viget is the best social media platform just for sports. When you download Viget, use promo code SPREAD and create your account today. All right. Let's do a little rapid-fire NFL pick in here. 
my friend. Uh, we are coming down the home stretch of the NFL season. I cannot wait for the NFL playoffs this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. For me, I just want to get to the playoffs just like I want to get to the college football postseason. I'm ready. Um, let's go ahead and start with the good one, though. I'm really, I'm, I am really excited about this one. We got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Miami Dolphins. And the Chiefs are seven-point favorites on the road. I'll let you start. I don't care what the Chiefs against the spread record. Six and six. I don't care who their opponent. I don't care what the spread. I don't care their opponents against the spread record, Miami 9-3. Yeah, it's good. I am taking the Chiefs minus seven day in and day out versus anybody in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes has only thrown two interceptions this season. He is hands down the MVP. (coughs) Oh, excuse you. Excuse me, I got a little excited. (laughs) They are hands down the best team in the NFL. Every aspect of that offense is unstoppable their offensive line their passing game their receiving core their running backs all their defense has to do is just enough and I think they will do just enough to confuse young gunslinger Tua Tagovailoa and you know I love rooting for young Tua sure it's not gonna be tea time baby it's gonna be Mahomey building on his MVP resume yeah I liked how you phrased that where if you get the Chiefs minus seven against anybody, you take them. Yeah. Uh, to me, this is an early Christmas present. Yes. We got the Chiefs at minus seven against the Dolphins. Uh, I I see what Vegas is seeing. The Dolphins playing really well on defense. Uh, second in the league in points allowed. The Chiefs are second in points four. Yep. I think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. If you give me the Chiefs by seven or less against any team, I'm taking the Chiefs. And not even, I'm not even thinking twice about it. Yeah. All right, what's next? Next up, we have... The Indianapolis Colts, two and a half point favorite, traveling not Oakland but Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I put, okay, guys. I put Oakland right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's okay. The the Las Vegas Raiders. It's not gonna be the first time. Yeah. It's not gonna be the last time. It won't be. All right. Here's the thing. Last week we had the Raiders minus eight and a half against the Jets. It was a bad pick. I I mean honestly no it, it was not a bad pick. They they just played like didn't play. Well. That's like the second week in a row. They played really bad. Um, I am still bidding against the Colts, so I'm taking the Raiders here plus two and a half. I'm taking the Colts. I'm. This is another good situation for the Colts where they're playing against a team who seems to only care about playing against the Chiefs. <laughs> they, they, they seem to be only yeah. And they uh, seem, but th- this game here is, is like a pre-playoff game because they're they're fighting for playoff positioning. Hopefully, the Raiders show up this time. I. Uh, why is it only against the Chiefs? It might be a situation. So last week, if you guys don't know, before the slate of NFL games, Vegas offered me, I think it was plus 160 or plus 190. Will the Jets finish without a win? I max bet it. As much as you can bet. I pressed max bet. They said, okay. I am angry that the Raiders made me sweat. I was like, I'm going to lose week I one? I mean, you you really thought. I mean, th- there was no way where during that game that you thought the Raiders were going to win. No. Maybe it's just my revenge. I'm taking the Colts. Love it. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. We got a good one here. Sunday Night Football. The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Buffalo Bills. The Bills are two and a half point favorites. I'm taking the Bills. Taking the Bills. You're taking the Bills too. Taking the Bills. The Steelers have looked flat to me. And their defense 
It's just losing players left and yeah. right, big name players. They just seem to be going in the other direction where Josh Allen's coming off 375 yards and four touchdowns. I'll take the hot QB. Uh, you know, that's that's where I'm at in this situation. The Steelers have looked flat. The Bills are playing really well. Josh Allen playing really well. And it's only a two and a half point spread. And they're at home. I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh offensively. W- what Ben Roethlisberger did to piss off his receivers. But if I see another Pittsburgh receiver drop a pass. And it's not just last week. It feels like it's every week. They're dropping Brutal. wide open passes. You're not going to win against the Bills team like this. The Bills won three of the last four with great wins against the Seahawks and against the 49ers. And they held the Chargers to 17. That's my pick. And last, right. to finish it off, Go ahead. Monday Night Football, probably one of the best games of the yeah, slate. I'm excited about this Baltimore one. Ravens seeking that playoff spot, a one-and-a-half-point favorite, traveling to the, are they for real, Cleveland Browns? I'm taking the Ravens. I feel like every week it's, are, it's, are they for real, right? But man, did they look good in that first My half God. against Tennessee last week. The Ravens have a lot to play for here because they're fighting for their playoff lives. But I think the Browns, even though they're in a better playoff spot, have just as much to play for. I'm taking the Browns here at home on Monday Night Football. I'm going with the hot QB. Speaking about Josh Allen, Baker coming off 334 yards and four touchdowns. It could have been the best game he's ever played. Yes. Definitely the best half he has ever played yes. is in his entire life. And I hope I don't regret this. The Ravens are 7-3 against the spread in their last 10 against Cleveland. So, point Ravens. The Ravens have won 10 of the last 12 games on the road in this series. Point Ravens. But in this current... And also, they beat the Browns, I think, 38-7 in week one. Point Ravens. But again, I can't bet against the Browns with how good they looked in that game last week. Against a Titans team that I've been high on all year. So, I'm going with the Browns. So, we know that the Tennessee Titans have been very frugal with air yards. It's a big difference between playing the Titans and playing the very stingy um, Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens have one of the best pass defenses in the league, and it's because they are so great at man-to-man coverage. So I think that allows the Baltimore Ravens to go ahead and load the box against the number two rushing attack in the in the in the country. I didn't think I don't think that Baker's going to make the throws that he has to make. Um, and do we ever believe that? I mean, can he really do it two weeks in a row? I don't know if Baker has ever done it two weeks in a row. I don't know if he's ever put together two good games I in a row. I saw someone on Twitter post a picture of Baker Mayfield, and it was the Baker expectation wheel. And it says, are you like serious or are you for real? Because every week, one week he's for real. Yeah. Next week, is he? Wait, are you serious? And that's how we feel about Baker, but I have to ride. The game I saw out of Lamar Jackson, if... Harborough can instill enough confidence to not that he knows. I, I'm sure Lamar Jackson knows that Harborough has his back. But he has to allow him to play his game. Stop these cute passes. Lamar Jackson's never going to complete a cute pass. Lamar Jackson likes rolling out and throwing the ball. He's not a pocket passer. Let him get mobile. Did you see that dime to Marquise Brown? A rollout. You saw that missed pass in the end zone. I don't even know who it was to. Willie Sneed. I can't even remember. Where all he had to do was set his feet and throw the ball in the pocket. And the ball was like thrown at the guy's feet. Lamar is not a pocket passer. Let Lamar play his game. Run the ball. And use J.K. Dobbins. He's the most electric running back in that backfield. I'm sorry, Roll Tide. I'm sick 
of seeing Mark Ingram eat up snaps and get three yards. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's just a point, and if we could talk about that for a second, it's just a point where you've just got to let the young man play his game. It's time for Dobbins. It, 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 Ingram's time is over. He's a complimentary back now. Let Dobbins eat, man. Like, it, give him the ball. And, and, and this is no knock on Mark Ingram because Mark Ingram has pretty good statistics and this got, year. He's got a great career. Yeah, he has good statistics, but when you're getting... 10 more carries or 8 more carries than the younger guy who's still pretty close to you statistically. I can understand establish the run game early where you have a back like Lamar, uh, Mark Ingram who is okay to get bruised up, soften up the defense. But once once J.K. Dobbins touched there, I want to see him in there for complete series at a time. Not J.K. Dobbins in one play, then we're throwing in Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards looked good too, but just a difference that J.K. Dobbins is. All right, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, reminder for next week, we're, uh, Brad's going to be on the road. Yes, Key West, uh, here Taking I come. a little well-deserved vacation. Yes. Uh, so we'll be audio only next week. Uh, looking forward to it. It's one of the best episodes of the year. Don't miss it. We break down every single college football conference so championship game. Oh we love God. them all. We watch them all. It's one of the best days of the year. Um, I cannot wait. It's been circled on my calendar all year, and I'm really happy that Ohio State uh, is going to be there. Uh, on that day, but we're also going to get uh, Notre Dame Clemson. We're going to get Florida, Alabama. Lots to talk about. Best part about that is, you know, we prep so hard for these episodes, but that's an episode where prep is not necessary because we know these teams like it's the, the back culmination of right? our hands. It is. It's the culmination of all of our preparation, uh, all of our hard work, and then we just get to let it play out. Yes, so I'm so excited. Looking guys. forward to that. Be sure to download What's the Spread on Google, Stitcher. Spotify, Apple Music, or however else you get your podcast. You know what? You know what to do. Comment, rate, subscribe. 